What do George Washington, Buzz Aldrin, Mark Twain, and Akash Kodakam all have in common? They're all Freemasons. Akash walked the red carpet, but craved deeper secrets. Can a biotech expert, actor, and pickup artist become a real-life Indiana Jones? I've been living uh, like National Treasure of the movie. Going to different libraries, going to graveyards, looking at old maps, all this type of stuff, you know? Let's take care to learn about the inside story of the National Treasure journey to find the Freemason past, life as a successful indie actor, and more involving Akash Kodakam on this episode of Learn With Lowell. What are some of these other projects that you're working on then? Like, where's your focus? And, uh, I don't know. I was just gonna make a joke about like taking care of your kids, that we, <laughs> but uh, hopefully you still don't have any. Or not, not if you want kids. Not kids that I'm aware of, you know, no kids that I'm aware of. Um, I've been working, actually, the office that I'm in right now, um, I'm at the Sanctuary Masonic Temple. And so as we've talked about in the past, uh, I'm a Mason, I have no qualms about it. And I'm the secretary of the place, right? So I've been really digging into our history and, and writing our history. This organization is over 200 years old. And so in the first 100 years, they really wrote down a, a really nice compiled version of the history from 1817 to, to 1917. But from 1917 to 2017, there's not much written on the history. So I really, but there's been a lot of activity. You know, they, they erected a, a temple that was four stories in a basement. So five stories, they, they financed it um, back in the 1920s and through the sale of bonds and getting uh, loans from banks and whatever, a whole host of ways of, of financing the actual building. And, it's still here today, and I'm working on actually restoring the building with a couple of the guys here. Um, we just got we got two years of funding from the state of New Jersey to designate it as a historic place on the National Registry of Historic Places. And so I've just been really digging deep into our right, how did they first build this place, and just trying to get a bit of the essence of of those guys who come before me, um, and and uh, really learn what did they do, how did they do things, and. Um, and, 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 and who were they, you know? So that's really what I've been doing is a lot of digitizing of, of old records. Um, but then also I've been living uh, like National Treasure with the movie, um, mm -hmm. going to different libraries, um, going to graveyards, uh, looking at old maps, all this type of stuff, you know? Um, and it's just fulfilling doesn't even begin to describe it. You know, there's a level of, like, I feel like I could work on this stuff all day, every day, and, and, and still not get enough, you know? At any point in this conversation, if you find value in it, please subscribe. It is hugely beneficial, and it tells Google and everyone out there that this is content worth watching. Thank you for everyone thus far who has commented, liked, subscribed, and told their friends. So that's really what I've been up to this summer. Um, for the most part, at least the past month, for sure, but really, if I go back, but end of June was kind of when I was starting up with some of this stuff. And I just had a little bit more time to, to work on this. And that's been what I've dedicated my time to recently. So, yeah, I've got a couple acting projects here and there interspersed. But for right now, for me, it feels like this is uh, the time for me to do my research, if you will, um, mm -hmm. to be able to educate myself or how to move forward on, on this whole thing and, and how to be of... Sufficient support and guidance to, to to guys who come after me, but then also the guys who are around me who maybe haven't gotten a chance to go through some of these archives and, and whatnot. You know, to be a beacon of, oh yeah, we, we actually did that back in 1953, and this is exactly what happened then, or what, what happened. You know, be able to refer, um, just being like a historian to some degree, if you will. So. Mm -hmm.
That's uh, actually I got a book right here. Is what I was working on a little earlier. It's like you can kind of see it. It's focused from it's the historical register of the lodge. So it details every member. Um, what was their occupation? When were they born? When did they die? Um, oftentimes you'll get like the obituary of the guy. So like this is whatever it gives like the, the newspaper clipping of like what did the guy do in his life and, and whatnot and. Um, I'm just digitizing all that, getting it all online, and it's just for God forbid something happens and, and there's a fire or something like that, which has been recorded in a lot of this history multiple times. I mean, like three or four fires. Like, well, at least I'd love to uh, to know that uh, some of this stuff isn't the information is not lost, even if the, the material isn't there. So. It would be interesting to to when you're when you're done compiling it all to then it'd be interesting to. Like you have like that corpus of knowledge in your in your head. If you would go and like meet some of the family members, even if it's like descendants, and say, "Oh, do you remember your grandfather? He had this obituary. Like, what's your stories of him?" And just, like, I wonder, I wonder what else you'd get. Like, what other elements that like no one knows about? Because it's like a it's a bit of a, a game of telephone. It's also like a common kind of echo in terms of like the obituary is kind of. I think they're nice and they say nice things about people, but I wish it was like like a. The, like a dark obituary like tell us it all like this this person suffered from alcoholism for like 10 years the butler was like clean for eight here's some stuff that they did to get better on that like like real sense of like the, the weight of a life um mm. i think it'd be really cool, really cool. and I, I i could see this like a little youtube series that you do like behind the scenes with, with akash and i'd watch that i watch i watched the shit out of that if you just <laughs> if you like took it and like went around and did stuff like that um but even um just do a national treasure in your backyard i think that'd be fun too but do you do you have interest in doing um that type of background? I think it, it'd be pretty exhaustive. It, I think it'd take a lot of your time and energy, though. Well, and that's that's the thing. I mean, even just doing this, like, um, like takes a lot of time and energy. You know, like this is not a job for one person. This is a job for, for like a team of people, right? Because there's like so at this particular temple, there was up to thirteen organizations, um, and that's excluding like the. The, the guy, like the organization that actually builds this place. And uh, so there's probably about 15 organizations that I'm like, you got to go through the history of each of these organizations was easily 80 years old minimum. So then like, you got to go through minutes, every month's minutes books for each of these things. But then, so it's just like a stupid level of information to like, to try to digest, let alone trying to read this, like the script. Cause these guys wrote the script and it's like, Sometimes the, the ink pen was like watercolor based, yeah. kind of like it's almost see through, like it's just very faint and faded. Versus other times you could tell, like, okay, these are actually really like nice permanent ink, right? I got like a quill pen around here somewhere that I've just been like playing around with that too, just to like get a sense of like, I don't know, you, you work on the stuff, you see it, you kind of imitate it a little bit. Like they still have some of the ink and the old uh, the nibs of the quills. Like I found them the other day. I'm like, so I'm, like, I'm, I'm messing around with the stuff that they left here, you know? Which is really really cool. Uh, I just feel like a little kid in that regard. Uh, yeah, like, it's almost like playing with like your grandfather's old whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds fun. Uh, I can see the I can see the excitement behind it because it's yeah, like, like this this, this the, for example, like look at the safe. Yeah. Like that's a huge thing. It's, I, I only saw those things in like cartoons. I didn't even think they were real, you know. But there's a mm. few of them around here, you know. So and that thing weighs a ton. Like. There's no way that, like, I don't even know how they got it up here, you know, even with the elevator or whatnot. You know, it's just it's stupid heavy. So Yeah. Yeah, I think it's surprising to me how often there's a lot of stuff in movies where, okay, like, basically, 
there are things from my childhood that I thought were just made up, like what you're saying about the safe. And I'm routinely made fun of for, for thinking these things. Like, you know, the ice cream truck? I didn't think those were real. And then one day, <laughs> yeah, one day I'm at a, I'm at a park and there's kid there's like da, 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 you know the ice cream songs like what the heck someone's enjoying their day right then all the kids are like ice cream's like guys stop there's no ice cream truck it's just made up don't worry calm down and they're like no there's ice cream truck it's coming it's like guy okay come on has no one told you like santa claus doesn't exist like stop there's no ice cream truck coming and like the ice cream truck turns the corner it starts coming down the road and they're like see it's an ice cream truck you're an idiot lol it's like why have I been lied to my whole life? I lived, you know, I lived in the middle of freaking nowhere. I didn't know ice cream trucks were real. But there's like a whole host of things that I've been lied to about. But yeah, the so it made me think of that. Like, how often are there things like that in life where we were like made to believe through TV, cinema, otherwise that they weren't actually real? Um, which is kind of fun. So it's it's interesting to hear you dig in and see what's like fact from fiction. Because if without your research, like no one would know anything. Yeah. So I mean, there oftentimes like there's like these general stories, right? I'll hear from the yeah. guys. Oh, well, this place used to be, because Plainfield back in the 1940s and 50s, like after the Great Depression, was the richest city in the entire United States, like period, you know, it ended up uh, the race riots in 1967 in the summer of 1967 after, uh, what was it, Lyndon B. Johnson, he had his whole um, great society, but then it didn't really work and segregation was still a big thing. Civil rights movements and whatnot. There was race riots all across the country. Detroit was one of the worst cities hit. Newark was pretty badly hit. But the spillover from Newark hit into Plainfield. And like I mentioned, Plainfields was like, you look at the building, if you walk around the city of Plainfield, you look at the buildings and they're gorgeous, but they're like so decrepit because like they're 1950s, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but anyways, anyways, the, the, the city ended up going from the, the richest city in the country to be like in the 80s. It's like uh, you don't want to go to Plainfield because you'll get shot, you know. Mm. Um, and it's still it's on its way of becoming better and, and whatnot. But uh, there's still a lot of that around, you know. So it's it's really interesting of a case study because a lot of New Jersey history is just like very much intertwined with United States history. You know, like Great Depression. It's like to see it like. I'm reading through it, like in the minutes books. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the Great Depression right there. I didn't even need to look at the years, but you can kind of get a sense of like what's going on, which it's like, that's the interesting thing is like trying to read through the lines, you know, like because yeah. in an official business minutes capacity, you're only going to read so much, but you also need to know the context of like what was going on in the area at the time or what all these types of things, you know. So that's the tougher part, um, especially in some of the early, early stuff, like in the 1800s, like forget about doing 1800s newspaper research was just like super tough you know like you i couldn't really find anything but um mm. but you find stuff you know so it's 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 really interesting so i never really thought of myself to be like okay historical research blah blah, blah. but now i feel like i'm writing a book like i was I'm writing a manuscript i'm on like page like 25 26 single spaced right now you know and it's like it just it's there you know so i don't know yeah, I, I could see it being a book. I could see it being something that, um, like, I would read it. Like, it seems very exciting in that way. Though, I, I was going to ask you, like, is there is there someone that's like inspiring you to want to like play them? But I could also see it just like the story of a town and how it represents America. That'd be interesting. Kind of like a Brian Branson type thing. Is it Branson? Like the uh, travel, like the walk in the woods guy who like does like these travel log type things. But instead of like a a, a like a an area, it's like a a period a, a area and then in time. That'd be really interesting, like, because you have all these minutes, and then you have the newspapers. You can like show a generation of people being masons, 
and how it affects their their area especially like mason's in and of itself i think it'd be pretty exciting like people be like you know the hidden treasure of the the masonic the plainville masonic group or whatever you know like like i think that would be a, a big hit no it's it's to me it's just it's fascinating because uh yeah. I was building this place it was like the mayor both like the mayor uh during one period of time i think 1925 1921 to 1925 was he was a mason and the planning meetings that they had were often hitting like at city hall in the mayor's office you know if you go to city hall it's a beautiful building and it's like whoa you know mm -hmm. but, so it's, it's just really really cool because like a lot of the guys who really made this thing happen uh and that's to me the story that like that's the most beautiful story is like because you had to get everyone all on the same page there was two thousand masons in the city of plainfields on the 19th, wow. you know, so and, and they they raised about half a million dollars to actually build the building, and that's 1920s money, you know, mm -hmm. so like that's a heck of a lot of money to be able to make this whole thing happen and and just to be able to work together and and it's like like to choose that like all right, well look, we're gonna go by this one thing and and believe in each other. That that's one of the things that's most beautiful to me about masonry is like it's like all right, well. It's not about who's right, who's wrong, blah, 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 or anything like that. It's like, we're here to achieve a goal. And if we're trying to build a building or, or whatnot, like, that's that's a really big thing, you know? Let alone, like, a, a, a nice, beautiful building, right? It's so easy to be able to, 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 like, whatever, tear it apart or for it to not happen because it, it's just easy to, like, for people to argue over stupid stuff. But mm -hmm. to be able to, like, show that, like, this place, the actual building itself was, like, a monument to how working together you can make something happen in the midst of really almost the great depression you know yeah yeah i i can see it and i i also am wondering to what extent i don't know if you can answer this question but like to what extent this research is coinciding with your desire to renovate the building in the sense of like national treasure if i'm like wink wink nudge nudging this is there like maybe some minutes about something and it's like oh maybe i should like replace this wall sounds like uh sounds like it might be hollow it needs uh needs some replacement insulation Definitely. So opening these safes has been like mm. one of the interesting things, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I know there's been guys before when we've opened them, but how long ago, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's really cool in that sense because I, I don't know. They'll write about everything, right? They'll be like, all right, well, this is where such and such and, and such and such. Right. Um, but then it gets moved or, or what have you, you know, like, uh, or they'll forget about it in some of the minutes, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to have this meeting. And I'm like, you don't see that meeting, <laughs> you know, or what have you, you know, or they hired one person to do something, but then someone else ends up doing something. It's like, well, whatever happened to person A, you know, and they don't mention what, what, what happened to these things, right? So um, I, I really think a lot of the treasure is actually the stories of how they made this stuff happen. Like, to me, that's the real treasure of the whole thing, because that's telling the real story of like, how do you imit or how do you replicate that, you know? It's the same story, like the process that we're in right now to restore this building is like the same process that they were in a hundred years ago, you know? Um, and so anything that we're upcoming, you know, I'm like, all right, well, guys, we just have to look at what did they do, you know, because they face the same problems. All right, we got to finance a building half a million dollars, or we're going to come up with that money, you know, or whatever, you know, or we have to hire these people or those people or whatever, right? Like insurance. All those things are there, you know. How did they think about these things? Where did they go? What, what what did they do? They have all of the letters, even of like every single organization that they reached out to. So that's yeah. the other uh, really. It's just the blueprints, you know. They literally left us the blueprints on how to make this place. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder um, when you take 
you take the lessons from the past, you apply it today, and you have such a canvas in that town, I, I wonder if you'll stop at the building. You know, like, I could imagine you um, seeing the town with these beautiful buildings but decrepit and think, you know, why don't we restore the town? That'd be pretty interesting. No, no, one, no one's done that in the history of the, the Masons. You know, that'd be kind of cool, too, like, bring it back. Because like, Detroit's having a, a, a renaissance right now, too. Detroit, um, they've been um, demolishing buildings and, like, letting farmland and agriculture come where it is. And actually, the downtown's one of the nicest places now. The hmm. last, like, uh, like, there's a... I've been watching, like, this little docuseries on it. It's really cool. Um, so I could see something like that happen in Plainville. And, like, you know, like, you never know what the seeds of what you're doing. Like, when I look at people and I interview them, I always wonder, like, five years from now, what can I see Akash doing? Right. And I could see, like, you know, if, like, I, like, I fell into a coma, I wake up, and I, I come and visit you. It's like this. This street. You, this is what it used to look like. Here's the picture. I started, you know, with with that conversation we had with you. Um, I can see something like that. That'd be pretty cool, though. I mean, the building itself is really cool. I just was thinking, like, uh, would it cost stop? And I'm like, I don't know. Play. It sounds like the the town might be a good canvas for storytelling. Def- oh, definitely, one hundred percent. And at each building, yeah. that was a story. You know, I, I was. Yeah. Or who told me this? Uh, it was kind of recently too. They were like that. Uh, architecture is music is stationary music in other words you look at a building and it like evokes music you know it tells a story through through music you know i was like oh that's really cool i actually really really like especially when you look at beautiful architecture right this is a neoclassical style building um and it's literally one of the reasons why i joined this place is i looked at the building and i'm like that is incredibly beautiful like i don't know what it is but i want to be here you know so to be able to spend a lot of time here and, and uh, whatnot is, is quite, it's, it's truly pleasurable to just be in the presence of, because it's inspiring. You know, when you're in the presence of something that's inspiring, it's, it's, uh, it feeds you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's awesome. So who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll become a developer, you know? I've done the acting thing. I've done this. I've done that. Now I'm developing. Who knows, you know? But um, this will be a great case story or project. I'm like, all right, well, I've done that. I've been there. I've done that. I know how to do it, you know? But, mm-hmm. uh, but the other part of it is like, it's so important to get involved in the community. I mean, that's one of the big, I'm the community outreach chairman and I've just been like hitting up every different, um, been going to the library, making sure that we're, our presence is made there, going to city hall, um, hanging out with people at different festivals and whatnot, like giving out whatever water bottles, you know, and just mm-hmm. different things like donating to the, 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 the kids of Plainfields, like to give them backpacks because some of them don't have backpacks. Like, all these different things it's like you just get out in the community and being you're, you're that person who's like all right well i've got plenty of stuff I've got, I've got enough you know like let me help you out you know and it's it's not just let me help you out here's a backpack it's like getting to see examples of like what does it mean to to, to, to be a person who's able to do that it just it flips switches in people uh to yeah. remind them that like oh yeah <laughs> i don't have to be someone who takes from the world all the time i can truly give of myself and and that's the person who's really abundant and wealthy is the one who's able to give um not the one who's just getting paid all the time or whatever it is you know what i mean so yeah, um, yeah. It's i think i have uh, two thoughts on what um is one it's like the trajectory would almost be arnold schwarzenegger where he was like doing acting he was doing uh real estate and developing and stuff like that and then he went like did really great in acting again but at the same time um the it almost feels like I don't know if you could ever leave that town. Like the the integration of you into like all these different things. Like 
I think a lot of people are so disconnected from the environment. Like you go to New York or you go to like a different city, like that's a different texture. Like mm-hmm. what I would love to do is just like travel America and find like a like the local nerd, like the local no no offense, but like local like Akash who's like really integrated and just like show me the beauty of this town. Show me oh. show me the part of the town like nobody knows. And I would like record it, like do an interview there. I think it'd be a lot of fun. But it seems yeah. like this is like yeah, I don't think, yeah. I would say to do that, and I only got connected with this person recently in, in, in the city of Plainfield. At least visit the historical society of mm. the area, or the genealogy society. They will tell you. This is like hanging out at the library. I was working with a genealogist because I was doing some research on on the different people. They know everything about like you want to know a history of a town. You meet with the local historian and and the library if they have one, or the the president of the historical society if they have one, and or you meet with the genealogist. Because those two people can tell you what went down in this town, how it went down, who's who, everything. You know, so that might be someone for, for you to look into. Like, maybe even your own local area, you know, hook up with these yeah. people. And I'm telling you, they'll, they'll tell you some stuff. You know, they know what's up and how things happened and, and so on and so forth. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I've, I've thought about um, just like a quick aside on like uh, projects on my end. The... I've thought about, you know, like there's hot, hot ones, like the guy who has like people eat wings. I thought yeah. about like, uh, what if, what if it's like, I like tea, but I, I, I wonder if you could have an interview where you go to someone's home or like you go to a place like a neutral location and you have an interview where you have that person teach you like their favorite meal while you're having an interview at the same time. I think that'd be fun. Or like you like, you could, uh, cause there's like so much texture to that. And I think that sometimes it's hard for people to relax and feel safe and sharing who they are, especially when they're having like tens of thousands of people. That they know, like if anyone, like I, I like that. Like sometimes people come on to my show and they don't research it at all, so they have no idea. Like they're about to get like bombarded, <laughs> so so they just like then afterwards, like how many people listen to this? I was like, oh, you don't want to know. Just just go home. <laughs> just go home. <laughs> you don't want to know. But um, <laughs> so I think yeah, I, I'll have to check those out because I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, also, I'm like trying, you know, have fun with formats as well. But the but we, do you see yourself ever leaving your town? Like I, I'm I'm very curious because it I just I can't imagine. Like, I'm sure, like, go explore, try new things, but it just feels like, if I'm you, and I imagine just how good that must feel to give a kid a backpack, and then three years' time, see him in high school or some other period, helping out in a different way, like, seeing that, like, paying it forward, I feel like I, that'd be really hard to replicate anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, I would not, I don't know, right? Like, I don't want to say yeah. one thing or another, because I don't want to limit myself to our Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I could see myself in some way really settling down in this area and, and, and just making this my place. But then I could also, I don't know. I don't know where life takes me. And I don't yeah. want to make a decision on that. I've, I think regardless, the study that I have endeavored um, here in the city of Plainfields to, to the best of my ability and largely specifically through the Masonic temple, um, I've been able to really get a good sense of how does a community grow and thrive Um um, and, and what does it take maybe for a community to grow and thrive aside from location and, and all these different things, all these external factors, like what's the essence of a place that really enables it to grow, become something more than it originally was anticipated to be and, 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 and to really blossom, you know? Mm-hmm. And then on the same token, what causes it to wither, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, so it, it's a really, really interesting case study and, I don't know. There's like, I, I love history. You know, that was one of the things that like, you know, one of the things I found is a lot of uh, Masons are like history nerds, like level 10,000, you know? Mm-hmm. And not just like local history or, but like they'll look at biblical history, whatever, you know, like 
history in general, you know? Um, and it's really, really cool because uh, you start talking and uh, I'll talk to a lot of these guys like, oh, hey, this is how things were. And I'm like, really? Were they that way? You know, because I'll like go through the minutes and stuff. And I'm like, oh, maybe not. Like, I'll talk to like guys from their 80s and they're like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, you know? So it's like, how do I verify what are they saying, right? The anecdotal evidence with the actual uh, true evidence that, that I have, you know, like the writing, you know what I mean? Or, or things like this, you know, because like I was talking about, a lot of things are written in between the lines and, and, and being an actor, right? Like that's one of the things you have to pick up on. When you get a script, for example, you got to read between the lines or whatever it is, you know, even if it's uh, your financial, I don't know, when I was working, like interning as an investment banking analyst, like, to read between the lines of the company's balance sheet or their income statement or what have you, you know that more than anyone being an entrepreneur. It's like, all right, well, yeah, you guys look good on paper, but what's really up? You know what I mean? That doesn't really mean stuff, you know? So like, that's, I think, the one of the most important, like, uh, skills, if you will, just for, for any human being who's discerning, you know, to, uh, to get a sense of like, what's up or what's really going down or what's really happening you know, between the lines. I think it's so, so important. Um, there, there was a, a person who wanted to come on the show, and I had a pretty good idea that they were going to make a bunch of claims about their business. And so I was like, "Hey, can you just like give me some? Like, you can redact as much as you want, but can you like give me a balance sheet or something that you have? Like, just show me that there's any basis for what you're saying here, just so I know you're not full of shit." And uh, I was like, "You can redact as much as you want, you know, because I'll like you give me a little bit, I'll get the rest. Like, I can inference it out." And uh, they were like, "You're." you know how about we just have the show it's like no like because I, I don't want to like ever have someone i don't ever have like a swindler or something i like people who can like if they're if they're coming on i don't care if like it's a weird thing if they're just genuinely loving the thing and they're sharing it i i, I don't mind that and if there's like basis to it but if they're mm -hmm. like just coming to like kind of fluff and try and like cause a like cause people to have an interest and then that becomes their business i don't want to do that like that's kind of boring but i'm wondering for uh like i've seen a lot of nimbies of like both persuasions, like not in my backyard, uh, people of like Republican and Democrat, like all all types, and like of the, I actually have been really getting into reading the minutes of the different towns around me, uh, mm. of like the local. So there's one that was being developed, and um, it was like it was something out of like the most silly movie you could think of. They were like, "Hey, we're gonna build some new houses, uh, and it's gonna be really good. Like there's gonna be really nice houses, and and it's like a really small town. Like I, I like I think I, I got it." Uh, I have like a bunch of notifications and I got it and um, and uh, it's a really small town so they were going to add like 10% more houses because like, like they need more houses right and they're like it'll be kind of like this place nearby it'll be kind of like you know uh, a cosh town and they're like we don't want a big lock of cosh town <laughs> just like like, like there's so many people that showed up just to be like we don't want a big lock down we don't want a big lock down and it was just like it, like they were literally coming through and the, the, the most beautiful thing is you could get the newspaper too like you're saying and the newspaper would try and paint the idea that they like they need towns as like a like a bad thing like and these developers who are uh, trying to like trick us by putting in like these special handicap swing sets for kids that would move here they're like really really bad and then you know people didn't want them you know it's like all like they're like really trying hard to make them look bad because they don't want like any change in their backyard and so i always wonder when you have like the history of a place especially the masons i think one of the nice things if people think about masons other than like national treasure it's like it's a group of people that like to build they're kind of like the like a habitat for humanity like the, you guys like to do things in your community you like to see things change for the better and so how do you change things for the better when you have all these nimbies saying not my backyard like i was reading about like someone trying to put in a sidewalk on, on a road near a high school that all the kids walk on but there's no sidewalk 
and mm. everyone's like they were basically saying like don't chop down the trees we don't need no sidewalk and like literally that was like a quotation um my favorite one is literally like we don't want to be like a cash town but the uh because you could just you could just imagine that person's face oh, um, yeah. but yeah have, have you seen stories or elements as you're restoring the building of like how they were even able to build the building maybe there wasn't intransident back in the 1920s 1930s oh. but i always wonder like how do you get how do you combat that so what i've noticed that this building is actually a great case thing. So 1921, um, that was, or 1911 was the first time that I saw in meeting minutes from one of the organizations that was responsible for building this building, um, that the idea was even floated that like, hey, we want to build a building, right? So one of the lodges, and the lodge is just a group of guys who form a lodge, and it's just like an organization, right? So this building at one time had four lodges. I mean, it's four different groups of guys who, whatever, set this book, whatever, right? So one of the lodges was like, hey, we want to build a building. Like, we want to build a building. And every other lodge was like, ha, good luck, you know? So nothing happened for 10 years. Then almost literally, like, to the month, 10 years later, the idea was circulated again, you know? And they were like, uh, maybe. So one of the other lodges was like, we're going to form an organization, like a, an entity, a realty association, where we're going to buy up this property and they made an offer they bought the property and now they own it was a house at the time and then they were kind of in the business of landlording a house to a guy you know but they didn't have nearly enough money to like actually finance building a building you know so five six years go by that was in 1921 so 1921 to 1927 uh or 26 um they're thinking like shit now we have a house where this like business this house needs to be restored if we're going to really do anything but it's like that's not what we're here to do to begin with so like what do we do right so at one point they're like you know what just fuck it sell the house we're just gonna whatever whatever the proceeds are everyone who they, they use bonds they subscribe they mm -hmm. use bond subscribers to like finance little things so like, everyone needs to get paid out you know what i mean and then it was like it it just changed you know it was like well the, the president of the organization's like look i'm gonna get an architect from one of the local places he's gonna put some plans together and then they get a big architect from like New York City give some plans together. He was doing a lot of buildings in Plainfield at the time. And then they take those plans, they give it to the bank. The bank's like, yeah, we're willing to sign off on this to like to actually finance it. So before you know it, they actually get financing for this thing. And now uh, they, they start doing their thing. But the other one of the other lodges wasn't included in that whole thing. But they were like the oldest lodge. You know what I mean? So like mm -hmm. that was like the one was whatever, right? And they were the ones who originally had the idea to start like building a building, right? So like um they didn't sign on for the longest time whatever but the, the new guys needed to like get these old guys to sign on because you need to, like you need to subscribe this to like all of the people or the masons and plant you can't just have like 500 people do this thing you need, you need all of the numbers in order to really make it happen right so what i kind of found answering your story using this as like a case study and to kind of constantly just keep going at it you going at it going at it it's like you introduce the idea and just that initial like response or like that shock value or whatever. It's like, you, you have to let people express those feelings and go through those feelings. You know, it's not like, I don't think it's, we're not supposed to repress them. Right. And I think that's one of the biggest problems is that like, we're like, Oh, someone else shouldn't have an opinion about something. It's like, no, like everyone should have an opinion about this. I just shouldn't have a problem if someone has an opinion that might conflict with my own, you know, that doesn't mean anything. They're seeing things from a different perspective. And I need their perspective in order to see the true, the true perspective of really what's going on, right? So it's, uh, 
I think that's one of the most important things actually is like allow people to have the emotions, right? There's nothing wrong with having emotions. Actually, that's what makes us human. Um, but really, if we want to get past something or solve something or really endeavor to, to, to uh, fix something, um, we have to be willing to, to really hear each other out. And, and uh, like you were talking about earlier, treat everyone as the same, you know? Just because uh, they might be a landowner, whatever who they are, it doesn't mean shit. You know, you're you're another person. I'm another person. Even if you're just some schmuck, you know, you got an opinion. I'm, I might not agree with it. It may not be valuable in, in my eyes, but there's I have to assess it for some some value and merit. You know, um, yeah. and I can write it off, but there is a, a necessity for it to some degree. You know? And I think that's one of the big, biggest things that like. There's just a lack of respect for other people and, and differing views and opinions in, in today's age, you know, which we see on Capitol Hill and just all over the country, you know. So yeah, I, I've long wished that there was. Well, right, right now, like all this AI stuff, for instance, and in the it's just a, like it's a new. It's set up the exact same way news is. News isn't about the truth. AI oh, no. machine learning is not weighted for the truth. It's a it's a it's the probabilistic response that they think that you want, and that's what the news is. And the news has determined that people like negative, because that's what really you know gins them up. And so the like it's really the, it's like an extrapolation of the same principles. Like we're not like the way we ingest information is not based on truth. And I think I've talked to a lot of people like how do you how do you have like a, a truth engine, like a way to weight the truth, because. Like, you know, AI essentially, like the machine learning stuff, it's not really AI, I don't know why. I, I think people overuse it. I've had AI companies on the, on the podcast, and I've literally asked them, what's the AI component of your, your startup? And they're like, no, it's just statistics and machine learning. It's like, okay, well, you know, I understand why you're saying AI now. You want to raise money. But the it's literally just, if you have, like, I'm going to go across, and there's literally just, it's probabilistically looking at the sentence and saying, like, hey, it's probably, and they weighed it based on the fact that they've aggregated so much information off the internet. And then done yeah. like statistics and all these things on it. That, that's all it is. Yeah, like, I do wish there was an element of like, how can we wait towards truth, and then like uh, account for bias. And then, um, I've had thoughts on this, but I, I really wish there was like a service or some type of like, like if Twitter or something was like that. I think it would be really good, or, like really interesting to see like truth. And then you could like scale it. Like how much? Like if you know you're the person that if you see one negative thing, you'll get fired up, right? But if if the news gives you nine negative things like you're gonna be like neurotic but it's not actually that bad in the world like you know like we're in the safest time in history and stuff but you could say it's like okay i'm willing to have like one and one of the ten like one of the ten bad things go through because i want to have an accurate representation of what actually is going on and stuff like that so you can like scale it like i want like full truth or like like chaos anarchy Mm. you know like you can like wait like have like a very personalized thing i I, anyone who's out there working on that please contact me because i would i would use the crap out of that that is cool. Sometimes you just want chaos. Sometimes you just want chaos. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing. It's like human beings, we appreciate like drama. Why do you think people watch like TV shows and whatnot? Or what's mm-hmm. the whole of entertainment? Like people want, like, that's part of being human is experiencing emotions. Um, anger, fear, joy, everything in between. That's like what we enjoy, you know? There's nothing wrong with it. It's uh, it's part of being human. I think the if you're ever in, out in Chicago, I'll show you the the, the lake walk. the The lake walk basically exists because one person, like one person, mm-hmm. just kept suing the suing the city. 
Okay. And that's why there's like that. Yeah, there's like a huge documentary on it. Well, not a documentary. It's like a like a walking tour while they talk about it. You can watch it online. But it's called okay. literally uh, Chicago Lakefront, the history of it. And it's really interesting to learn about everything that's going on. But if you're ever in the region, I'll show you around. I also I will learn it with you because I haven't seen all of it. Yeah, no, I remember I've been to Chicago, I want to say at least once. And I, oh man, the architecture in the city of Chicago is amazingly beautiful. Like truly yeah, it's interesting. beautiful. But yeah. uh, I don't remember if it was the lake. I don't remember. I, did, I remember something like that, but I, I don't think, I, don't, I didn't ever go on it, but I, I do remember hearing about it or different parts of it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's just interesting because well, uh, like one person, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I wanted to, to, to hear about some of the stuff that you've been up to recently. Um, and, oh. And, yeah, I'm working on new projects for the podcast, as some people are aware of. The I'm trying to do like in-person things where like I go out and like we'd have this conversation in person because there's a lot of this that we don't get. Like if oh, we were in, in person, I think I think like we would have to like we'd sell tickets to it, and not like that we would like have a cage match over it, but I think it would be like such a popcorn worthy thing. Like we would just have fun, but yeah. there's like uh, there's a like, chaos there that you get by being in person. So I'm I'm looking at doing those. There's um. I mean, there's like 3 million people around me, so I feel like that's probably, you know, an easy thing to do. And then mm -hmm. I'm working on doing like these Dirty Job-esque uh, uh, series that are like yeah. 60 to 90 minutes. But it's not just professions, it's also like ideologies and lifestyle. So, um, yeah. like people in BDSM, or or like a Republican in like the heart of a Democratic uh, like a Democrat city, like Chicago for instance. Like what like I think there's like I think there's more things that make people similar than dissimilar. I think if you just listen to them talk about their life and see it through their eyes, it'd be really interesting. Like for instance, um, like what's it like to have like chronic anxiety to the point where there's a there's a lady when I was uh, going to college that would just run from one classroom to the next, and people would make fun of her. And I was like, well, why is she doing that? Like I I doubt I doubt that she's ignorant of the fact that people are making fun of her. Like I doubt she's like getting her jollies off for it, but maybe she's into it. I don't know. But it's, it was anxiety, right? And so imagine like following that woman through their day, seeing what it's like, and then having like interspost an interview where she explains what it was like when she was at that red light, or when she was in front of that door, when she saw four people walking her way. Like all those elements that you don't know when you look at the people around you. I think with that texture and context, it'd be really fun. But those are some projects I'm working on right now as it relates That's to the cool. podcast. I'm also looking into uh, the Incan Empire because no one's written about it. And it's like the largest empire that ever existed on the face of the planet. So my name Akash Inti, right? That's uh, that's my given first name. So I'm half Indian, half Peruvian. Uh, Akash is like from Sanskrit. It means like ether, uh, sky, mm -hmm. ether, right? And then Inti, Inti is the sun god of the Incas. So I'm, I'm half Peruvian as well. Um, and so it's interesting. It's really really interesting because I agree with you. A lot of stuff was like kind of lost, if you will. So I would really be curious on. Uh, Whatever you, whatever research you're doing in in that realm, I would very much be interested in, in learning more about myself. So I can give you two factoids right now. One yeah. is the Incas are the only society in the history of mankind uh, that wiped out hunger. Like hmm. they they completely wiped out hunger. Like there was in, in Rome, they had the dole of grain, but there was still hunger. Like you would still starve. In the Incan Empire. They uh they had like a they had like an emperor and they had no currency because it was all just like the emperor says go here the emperor says go here they had a very like kind of like autocratic but not really yeah. but um so their way of 
currency was prestige, and they got prestige by overabundance. When the conquistadors came over, they had literal how houses like store storerooms of shoes, of bracelets, of of food, and it was like we don't need them, but they're here when we need them. And it's like, look how good of a production we did. Look how good we did here and stuff like that. So they they wiped out food like hunger completely, which is huge. And the second thing is the most people think when the conquistadors came over that they had like these great technologies and that's why they won. It's not how they won. Disease basically did 90% of the work. Right. But the they didn't have the best technology. The metallurgy, the smithing of the Incas was as good. And actually there was a lot of stuff that they found that was more intricate and they couldn't even figure out how they did it. Like it was that level of craftsmanship. But the way that their technology was more fiber based. So they would have armor based out of fibers. And so when the conquistadors came over and they try out these fibers, they had bridges made out of fibers, like these huge uh, suspension bridges made out of fibers. And the yeah. conquistadors were so scared to go on them because they're like, they can't hold up their horses, we're going to die. But they, they could because they're so strong. They had, they had vessels the size of like the Inca, uh, uh, like the uh, Columbus ships. They had those, those sizes just made out of fibers and, and reeds and stuff. But the technology was so good as armor that the conquistadors would literally take off their breastplate, the metal. The, the technology they came, that they came with and would put on the Incas because it was so much better than theirs. So, mm. like, the Incas, if they weren't, like, completely depopulated by disease, would, would have probably built something that was, like, that would rival China. We would have had, like, like a, like, because they were consolidating down through, like, moving people around, kind of like a communist China used to do, like, move people around for, like, economic benefit. And what Russia did, and they were in the process of, like, solidifying that. So, if you gave them a little bit more time, you know, maybe they you know can make that transition, maybe not. But if you gave them more time, it would probably have had like a China, like an empire level China thing in South America, and that's a huge different ball game. Like Argentina at one point was as big as economically as America, but then it had a lot of corruption. But those are two mm. factoids. That's really interesting. Fiber and I, food. I remember reading that a lot of the so Incas didn't write down history. I think they used um, not time, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. so they, like in order to send messages, they would have runners like run messages from one place to another. But the way that they would communicate the message was based on the ties of a knot, you know. So it's tough to. Uh, it was almost like uh, if I think of them like the whole biotech sense, it's like they were just using like RNA. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. all right, here's the message. You know what I mean? Like that's it. You know, it's like, boom, you know, versus like yeah. Yeah, I don't know ancient Mesopotamia where they're like literally carving into stone or whatnot. You know, I think there's like this. Yeah. Play uh, tablets, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, the I recently had a guy on here uh, who talked about religious wars in the U in the Americas and um, and elsewhere, and we talked about indigenous Americans, and we talked about the book 1491, which I'm literally looking at over there. Uh, but in the book, they talk about a group of Native Americans that were in this area that, and they were like, "Oh, we're seeing like primitive man. Like this is what it was looked like in the Paleolithic era because they had they had no clothes, they had no property, they had no different things, all these different stuff." And then they and then they went and they published it, publicized it, and that's kind of where like the noble savage, all these different start the concepts came from. Like, that's what they're alleging. But the uh, interesting thing is they they weren't indigenous to that area. They actually fled from the north to that area. And actually, when you look out, they were in the ruins of a massive city, like a, a curated environment where they had like fish ponds and 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 terraced environments so they could make as much food as they want. So these people like came into a New York, a desolated New York that was overgrown with all these different things, all, all this different uh, you know, stuff. But because they were so 
like they survived so many apocalypses, they didn't remember that it was a city. So they were living in the shadow of a city that was engineered for the benefit of a populace, and they had no idea how to use it. They just were benefiting from some of the engineering. But mm. they were like completely. I think that's just wild of an idea. You know, just imagine, imagine your civilization being so fu- like so destroyed and so messed up that you could walk into New York City and not know what it is. You right. can see the Chesapeake and think that that's just what you have. But right. it's almost like like your will is so broken. I think that's a crazy thing that happened in that period of time. Like imagine like eighty percent of the people you know dying, like the culture, the the wise people, the Masons type of groups that preserve the information. They're all gone. Like the Aborigines and Australia, they have a verbal history of the world that can be corroborated with historic, like with a like a carbon dating. They, they can like uh, they can uh, look at the CO two levels and stuff and and, and corroborate it with some things that they said. It's so like a forty thousand year history is verbally remembered in the Aborigines of of uh, Australia. So like, what things have been lost with societies with history and then Americas? I think it's just it's it's rife for uh, a rediscovery and appreciation, especially in America. Like people. In the U.S., people really don't give it the respect they deserve. Well, and I think that's, like, a hugely important concept, right? Like, this whole idea that, like, history as it's been told to us isn't, isn't, isn't complete or it's spotty. You know, like, I don't know, I took world history when I was in college and, and in high school. And you learn whatever, obviously, learn about America, which was being founded, like, 1700s and beyond. We got a good sense of, like, okay, what really went down? But, like, really before that, like... Yeah, Europe will say that they got, like, the thousands and whatnot, but, like, they kind of don't, you know what I mean? And so, like, we only really have, like, a few hundred years of history that we really know and understand, and and, and even that's, like, spotty, you know what I mean? So, I don't know, it makes me really fundamentally question. And, like, yeah, we have, I know there's the Bible, and there's all these ancient texts and whatnot, but people, like, question it and, and, and so on and so forth. But I think there's, like, a real fundamental lack of understanding on the uh, of really what happened in the world. I mean, that's what a lot of archaeologists and paleontologists and, and what have you, like, everyone still argues about it to this day. Like, oh, was this real? Is this not real? Whatever. There was always constantly coming out with new discoveries. I'm like, oh, well, we're totally wrong on this idea. Or we're totally wrong on this fact, you know, or theory, if you will. Yeah. Uh, another interesting factoid, if you want me to continue my role, is sure. uh, uh, Mesoamerica had a population density greater than any other place on the planet. Wow. There are more people in Mesoamerica, you know, like per square mile than anywhere else. And you're you're probably familiar with like the uh, Teotihuacan or uh, or like uh, the the Aztecs, for instance. Right. Yeah. Well, the, well, technically, they're it's actually called the Triple Alliance, and the main one uh, in Mexico City is called the Mexica, which is where like Mexico and all these other things get their name. But if I were to ask you, what did you if what do you know about the Aztecs? What is like the big bad thing that people used to describe them as? What would it be? Yeah. Say that they killed for human sacrifice. Yes, they did do that. Okay, but if you actually look at it from a number standpoint, the in in England over the same period of time I'm about to mention, the 1491 makes this parallel that um uh, England killed like seventy thousand people through corporal punishment or what have you reasons, and over the same period of time with more people in that region, the Inca only uh, killed like three thousand. So they're actually more humane. Weirdly enough, like more humane human sacrifice for public good, which is kind of funny, is like a, a unit of measure. Gotcha. Well, I guess it was the way in which they did it was probably like because it was like, I mean, but maybe not, you know, like when they, well, they were cut their hearts out. 
Yeah, when when they have hangings, though, it's like the same type of thing, you know. So I guess I guess not, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to to answer your original question, the Incas are really big on my mind right now, and uh, the three different ways to like experientially learn about the world are things that I'm very interested in. Hmm. I like that whole idea of like you were talking about like um, interviewing someone in the midst of something. I've, I've always found that like. I haven't done it for, for like I've been recorded or anything like this, but like like you were talking about, like that is some of the best way to get to know someone. Like for me, for example, with girls, one of the things I like to do is I like a, to bring them through different experiences. You know, like all right, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, we're gonna do that, and it's gonna be things that like I'm usually I would do regardless in my day. Like I would totally bring a girl. All right, we're going to the like we're going to the Masonic Temple today. I gotta go through the archives. You're gonna help me out with something like that. You know, and like when you do something that you really love or or whatnot, especially as a guy. Like there's something irresistibly attractive, like seeing a person, like a guy do what he loves to do to a woman. That's just like, forget about it, you know? And they're like, all right, well, let's go get ice cream because I want to get some ice cream afterwards or whatever, right? I feel like walking in the park, that's that's close by too, you know? Like those are things that I would do myself, you know? It's yeah. not like I'm myself to, to, to be someone else to pretend, it's like going back to the whole being honest. It's like, well, this is how I spend my day, you know? This is how I'm going to spend my time, you know? And, um, and, and when someone's really passionate about something, really cares about something, it's, it's, you can tell, you know, it's your yeah. own stuff. So. And there's a, the social uh, component as well. You're interacting with other people. So they can kind of see like some, sometimes people are like basement dwellers and you can't really tell. And there's nothing, I guess, there's nothing inherently wrong with basement dwellers, but like a lot of, you know, people looking for a partner want someone who's, you know, going to bring them somewhere for some reason, you know, like either on an adventure. I think I like, in my mind, I think like a lot of relationships, like girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, etc., partners in that way. It's like you're trying to build a future together, and so if your if your present isn't all that appetizing, I you know, it's hard to sell them on a future. And so if, yeah. if you bring them to the Mason Lodge, like I'm a part of the community, and look at me interact with all these people. A big thing is like people look at how you treat other people, right? And so mm-hmm. they're getting a lot of those elements too that I think they would also enjoy. It's like you know how you treat the server. I think so many people know how you treat your server that's like it's not i don't think it's as telling like oh i really like you debbie i read your name you know it's like like it's a little yeah. fake because like people know to be mindful of it but there's a lot of subtlety and subtext like i don't think you can convince you know the huge lodge to treat you a certain way in advance like, hey i'm having a girl coming over like blah, 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 right like you can never one you never want to do it but from a woman's standpoint from the, the woman's standpoint it's like she's getting to see how you're appreciated you know, if you're like a screw off and everyone's like, oh, here's a cosh, yeah, you know, they make comments about you. It's like they get yeah. a little bit more of that, a little bit more texture. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, how do other guys see you? How do other people view you? You know, because that tells a lot yeah. about you, you know? Um, yeah. I think also it's just imagine going around town, you're just going for a walk with her and like kids come up, oh, thanks for the backpack, Mr. Mis- Mr. Yeah. Akash. There's, there's nothing like cooler than that, you know? That's yeah. like, I think. I think something like a lot of guys superhero stuff out on is like you have to be integrated in your community it could be you could walk the same this is one thing i learned from one of my mentors like you could walk the same exact path every single day and you say hi to everyone and and it they don't even have to be any like anyone special you know it could be like all right well i'm saying hi to my neighbor and then there's this guy at the at the corner store that like uh whatever i, I buy like a piece of gum from from the store or whatnot but we always like have a little thing whatever right but you go down that same route every single day and everyone knows who you are. It's like, okay, this person is actually social. Like those are things that uh, it's so important to be social. You know, it's, 
Um, yeah, you can be a basement dweller and you, I don't know, you could be on your computer all day and whatnot. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there, like, there is like what we were talking about earlier. You miss out on all of these other, other things, you know, but the chaos that you were talking about earlier. I'm like, oh, well I have to, whatever, you know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. Interacting with the environment in, in and of itself is, is, is a part that tells something about someone, you know? Um, yeah. Are you, are you, um, and if this is like not a line to go down, just let me know. But the, are you still, like, are you still in the place where it's not like one girlfriend? It's like you got like a bit of a, like a Genghis Khan harem going on. Is that still like where you're at? Are you like, are you at the point where it's like, you know, one's enough. My heart, my heart is full. I don't know. So and not like, now that there's a problem. You, your heart could be full of five women. I don't know. You have a big heart. I, uh, I have a girlfriend right now. Mm-hmm said part of the thing that i've talked to her about and, and this was from like the get right is like look i'm a guy uh you know who i am right like there's no if ands or but about like like what i do and and and, and whatnot right so i've been clear with her like there is like a good chance that i will see other women and whatnot um and and that's it you know but i'm upfront about it and i have nothing to hide about it so this is how i feel this is how, how i like am in this moment at the same time i appreciate who you are I have a lot of fun with you. The, uh, uh, the the time we spend together is very enjoyable, and, and that's that, you know. So yeah. Um, I don't know. That being said, do I, st- I? I still do see other girls from time to time. It's been a little while, mostly because I've just been really interested in, in the stuff that I'm working on right now. And I'm like, yeah, girls, whatever, fuck it, right now. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. Um, but it's I don't know. I, that, that's something that still means something to me, and I'm I'm still a man at the end of the day, and what have you, you know. So, mm-hmm. the, uh, there was a, a a friend of mine uh, critiqued the interview that we originally did, the first one, and uh, and they're like, why? Like, and I'm gonna say it like the meanest way possible, but no, like I don't mean it the the mean way, and how I'm about to say it to you. They're like, why would you have that person on? And treat them so nicely if they like you know do this this these things it's like and i said i said to the person what is akash doing wrong is he lying to these people no is he being upfront with these people yes like like in my mind like when i was you know commenting i was talking back to the person um i don't see the problem you know when people are like when i when i got that criticism i was like i don't see the problem because like if you were like a sleazy like you know carl salesman like oh you know go look it over here it's like you were like you know stealing someone's pockets over here it's like okay I wouldn't like that. You know, like that would be nice. But like right. the fact that you're a hundred percent about it, like you give people like, Hey, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. And everyone does the same thing for different reasons, right? right. Everyone tells them, this is who I am. This is what I respect. This is what I don't respect. This is what I like to do. This is what I don't want like to do. Right. Like if, and I think that's perfectly all valid. And so as long as everyone's upfront consenting adults, I, I like for the life of me, I like, I have to stretch my mind to see like, what's the problem with it? You know? Cause like you're you're you know smart person you figure things out you're straightforward with it i imagine the woman's very similar to this and as long as she's like if she raised the concern like hey gosh i feel a certain way about this i imagine you'd hear her out and make sure that she you wouldn't be like you're stupid this is who i am haha i told you in advance you'd be like let me understand you i want to you know understand what you're feeling because i care about you and so like the that criticism like oh why was you know whatever i just i feel like i don't to the extent like you get that in your daily life or like anyone ever makes that comment but just for anyone listening or what have you, I just feel like what, what harm? What are you doing? Who are you hurting? I don't feel like you're hurting anybody. Like all the consent, all, everyone has like a thing, you know. I just feel like because like you're upfront about it, there's it's easier for people to like poke at it. And so uh, I don't know. I normally don't like comment on what people comment on, 
No, I felt like I just felt it, like what's harm? You know, what's the harm in exp- exploring the world and you in, in the way you do it versus someone who's just like going to marry this high high school sweetheart and be happy for his life? I just it seems all equally valid under the sun. So, like one of the things I, I mentioned to her up front, and I'm just yeah. using as an example because oh, what have you is like this is not going to be easy, right? Like, and and that's what I understand, right? Like someone else mm-hmm. being like if you really care about someone and, and what, uh, how could you do that to them and whatnot? But then like, it's like you mentioned, it's like, I'm not being like, I recognize that like, yes, when some, when two people are close together, the idea of them being with someone else can like be really triggering and, and I uh, can in, in, uh, invoke jealousy, feelings of jealousy or feelings of fear, deep seated feelings of fears and, and insecurities that one has, you know, about whatever, right? Like, having a partner and, and and whatnot right and so like i was up front at the get i'm like look this is probably not going to be easy most of the, the girls that i talk to and hang out with they just can't deal with it they can't handle which is a true in fact you know and um and that's but that's that's how i choose to live my life and uh what you see is yeah. what you got, you know so like but then you see all the other parts of me and like the things that i do and, and the person that i am and it's like well there's also parts of me that are like really, I, I know they're really attractive, you know, and I'm not talking about mm-hmm. the physique, I'm talking about like the things that the person I am, right? Yeah. And so, like, it's like, all right, well, I don't know. This person's really attractive. Yeah, they think about these things and they're going to maybe challenge the way that I view relationships and I've grown up with them and, and, and whatnot. But like, that's up to that person. You know, everyone has their own prerogative. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. so. Well, it's also like moral. I, I, I... Like when we look in the past, there's like that moral relativism. Like, oh, if I was in that time, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be that way. And even now, there's a. I think uh, Islam they have like a multi-wife system, mm-hmm. as well. And the Mormons have a multi-wife system. And so it's like that's like, like a billion people. So one eighth of the world's population are, are you know in in your mind inferior. Like I think there's a level of like that seems weird to me. That seems odd. Then go ask, go learn. But to be like, why would you have that person on my, on your show? He seems you know like. That isn't like a good way to treat someone. It's like, how is he treating them wrong? What is what? Who is he hurting? Like, I just kept asking. I was like, who is he hurting? It's like I don't know. Uh, 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 we're still friends to this day. The person who I'm mentioning, and they're probably going to listen to this. So the uh, so I wasn't mean about it, but it's like I don't know. Like, there's I was recently talking to someone who uh, they're talking about patents, and if they're listening, I say what I'm about to say with love. But the in the U.S., patents are basically is it novel? Is it new? There you go. You got a patent. In the EU, it's is it novel? Is it new? And the moral element of like, is it good for society? And the person said that they really liked the European model because they have the moral element of like, is it good for society? And I said, I asked this question like, how do you justify that with the idea if you took someone from Europe, you took someone from the Middle East, and you took someone from Asia, and you sat them in a room, and you said, here's the patent, they wouldn't be able to agree on what's good to because everyone has a different approach to what's good. Right. You know, what's the priority of society and stuff like that? So, in, in my mind, I, I love that aspect of humanity that there's these there's these different perspectives on how to go about life. You know, like there was a, a teacher of mine in uh, college, I think, but he talked about he was in the Middle East and he met someone who had multiple wives. And he's like, How do you do that? What, what's that like? You know, just like complete, you know, earnestness, like no judgment. And I think that's the best way to ask someone a question. If you come in, like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, you're not, I mean, I think you'll probably be like, well, I'll, I'm about to have a fun conversation, but like, it's not like the best way to engender a good conversation. But so the, they asked, how do you do this? And so the guy said, 
the guy with the multiple wives, and he said, I have five wives. I take care of every single one of my wives. They're completely taken care of. In America, do you guys take care of your wives 100%? Like how many husbands don't take care of their wives and stuff like that? So yeah, that's a different worldview, conservative, what have you want to describe it. But you can't argue with the fact that he takes care of his wives. It's a good, it's a nice thing too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. Like, how do you approach someone on a question is hugely important. For me personally, if someone yeah. were like, the attitude when I'm saying something, I'm like, all right, buddy, well, that's it. You know, you're not getting your answer, you know, because like the way you ask the question says everything. You know, you already have your yeah. idea whatever so all right say whatever you want to say whatever right like um so i think that's that's something that, that again comes back to this whole like approach everyone with respect right like do you really want to know something or do you want to just whatever get your uh get your jollies on on asking a question about something you know yeah. if that's the case well i'm not your guy or whatever right i just don't put up with that type of stuff which i know you don't either right but uh, i agree with you yeah there's a lot of things that like <laughs> yeah like, I don't know, you can even, I was reading something earlier today. It's like uh, a, a guy will go to to work uh, or let his girl go to work and then have like, have a kid and then have the kid go be raised by someone else. And it's like, that's kind of strange, right? Like, why would you go to, why would you go to work and then send your girl off to work for some other guy and at the same time hire some other person to, to take care of your child, right? And that's so normal in, in the united states right like yeah I, I mean, countless stories that i've heard of that you know but it's like i don't know to me that's a little strange you know um but then again i've got a different background and and, and so on and so forth right so all to say that like um yeah I, I, everyone's got their own opinion everyone's got different ways of seeing the world and be open with what what people are presenting to you and, and understand that they've put a little bit of life experience into whatever they've given you yeah, there, sometimes I get these comments where someone says, one person said, why, do you ask, why did you ask such a stupid question? And I will respond so calmly to it. And then they get kind of twitchy about it. If, you, if someone likes kind of rude, like on some level, they know they're being rude. And so I, like, if, I'm, if I'm in a mood to be entertained, I'll just respond like, very calmly. And they get uh, really twitchy really fast. And I, I'm, like, I'm just having fun. Like, I don't care. Because uh, the thing is, uh, I, maybe they'll give me something I didn't know. It's like it's a little fun game for me. You never know what people, what, what people teach you about yourself. Oh, so, not at all. There, there are times where I'll, I'll tolerate it for just like for like the wild ride of it. You know, uh -huh. it's like riding. A, it's like a roller coaster, and you don't know you don't know what you got on, but you know it's about to be fun. <laughs> I appreciate that. I really do. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. like yeah, you never know what you're gonna get with people, and that's one of the things I tend to enjoy a lot. It's like you mentioned. Yeah find things out in ways that you could never ever expect one of the big things that has been a change and i think we're getting to a lot of the big things that have happened it does seem that the last six months of your life it's been a big kick up it went from you're doing you know you're doing construction in conjunction with acting but it's some like if i were to guess i'd be like it's almost like you're almost full-time acting because like i'm here i'm seeing all these updates like i'm doing this i'm doing this i'm doing this i'm doing this and it's like it's almost you know i don't know if, if this is a thing or not but it's like the strike is almost like, cause I don't think you're union or whatever. Like, it's like you get to like kind of grab all these great deals, but it seems like you're almost to the point where this could be like a full time thing. You know, from the outside looking in, that's what it feels like. Like you're like going up a whole nother notch since the last time we spoke in terms of just your professional acting career. Yeah. So actually on that note, it's funny enough that I actually, I haven't been doing too much acting mm -hmm. work recently, at least in the past month. Um, so in, in recent history, but a lot of my projects are like, but that I did like a year ago, a year and a half ago, two years ago, are like surfacing. 
you know? And that's one of the interesting things is like, uh, I found is like, especially in, in, in entertainment, being an actor, it's like, you can do something and then have no idea when it's going to show, you know, like the, uh, I don't know, the person in me who wants like instant gratifications, like, all right, I finished my acting part. Like, where's the product? And it's like, well, meanwhile, like the, the editor has to do stuff, the post, all the post-production work has to be done and then whatever. And that takes time, right? Cause people have lives too, you know? So, and then financing issues sometimes or whatever. Right. But, um, some of this stuff is, it's, it's just that I, I did it like six, nine, a year, months ago or a year ago. And now it's surfacing. Oh, okay. Uh, and there's other parts of it that it's, and it's like kind of, it just kind of is surfacing all together. Cause I was doing a lot of projects at that particular time. Like it would be like in a month, I'd be working on three or four projects. Um, so that's part of it. Uh, but then also, I, I guess I, I have been doing some, like, I just, I just started a show um and in the city of plainfields new jersey and uh that was my first lead role you know as a, a stage theater actor you know which i'm not too much into the theater stuff but uh you want to be a good actor one of my one of my mentors told me you want to be a good actor you get on stage so um that was a really fun and uh and there's something yeah i wish you're, i wish i was near new jersey so i'd come see you act uh even I'm if so it's on cool. the stage yeah, yeah. I, I would, if there was like a, a part of it where like I could throw a tomato at you, it's like you know like broke a le- break a leg. I would do that for you. I'd be that guy that says you suck, and then it's like all up from there. You know, like I set this expectations really low so you can really blow people out. I feel like I I could be that guy. You know, like like really like keeps everybody humble. I don't yeah, think you even watch that guy, but I could do that for you. I think I think that's important. You know, I think it's uh, yeah. Because everyone like will be like, oh, you're doing awesome and whatnot. It's like, no, be real with me. You know, like after rehearsal, everyone on the stage crew is like, oh, you're doing awesome. It's like, really? Because that role, I like totally screwed up and whatever. Don't BS me, you know? So sometimes I'm upset a little. Yeah, that I, there was recently a, like a little like, um, not clip, like a little, like there's a guy who makes comedy sketches. His name's Gus Johnson. He's up in Wisconsin. And he made this sketch of like drama kids up doing like a, they're like submitting themselves for opportunities yeah i don't know what the term is okay but they're doing that and he's like they're like oh i hope you get it you fucking suck and you know know, like they're like all acting all this fake way and uh that just sounds exhausting like i like i kind of like things to be as binary as possible even though there's so much gradation in life where it's just like uh, i have i've ascertained that you will tell me the truth great you seem like you're gonna lie to me i no longer am listening to what you're doing (laughs) and like like it's kind of like i filter things in because the more not like mentally lazy but the more like straightforward you can be with certain people the better the feedback is and then you can use that mental energy to do more useful things versus just discerning if people are lying to you are they just like trying to kiss up you're the leading role you're the big man now uh and they want like they see you going somewhere and maybe they just want to attach themselves onto you it's like like a ringer i was talking to a comedy person recently and that's a big component of comedy is like this like evil networking aspect where it's like who do you think is going to be successful then you have to like be in their group because if they're successful, then they'll bring you up. So it's a little bit of like, are we friends with that person? Or am I just kind of riding them up to a level so that, that I can knife them later? That's well, so it's, it's funny you say that because I think that's in every industry. I, I, I noticed a little bit of that when I was working in biotech back in the day. I noticed that everywhere, you know, in the pickup scene, uh, everywhere, you know, it's always, it's a little bit of like, you got some people who are a little fake and like just trying to jostle for status, if you will, right? Like exactly what you're talking about. Um, one thing that uh, one of, one of uh, someone I really look up to, 
um, is Ray Dalio of Bridgewater Associates. He wrote uh, a book called, called Principles. And one of his really core, core principles is, is this idea of radical honesty and radical transparency. In other words, that like, doesn't matter who you are. I'm just going to tell you the way that it is. And, and, and that's it. Right. But again, coming from the place of like, well, here's the reason why it's not like I'm just doing this to be an asshole. It's like, no, let's the clearer I am with you and the clearer you are with me, the easier we can uh, get at what's the truth uh, of the matter. And so uh, that's something I've adopted ever since reading a few years ago, about five years ago, um, and his book principles. So uh, yeah, big fan of the book. Oh, amazing. Amazing. I, I remember when I was working in, corp in the corporate life, I would have those uh, principles just like um taped up on my walls and i would just kind of like i don't know I, I like having things everywhere just visually seeing them because the unconscious mind is always working on stuff you know so uh yeah. it's really really cool it's also it's also the there's like the sophistication of the candor as well there's some people who think oh give me a candor conversation in it and then they think oh i could be a dick now if like right. if you're coming off as a jerk if you're coming off really abrasive like that's very unsophisticated there's a sophisticated way to speak to someone in a candor way where you're saying like, Hey, here's some things that you can improve upon. Cause like, there's a way to have that conversation where it's very smart. The person's going to hear you. They're going to be open to it. And in my mind, every word you say to someone when it's to that purpose of helping them should be to the purpose of helping them. And so if you're coming at it, like really like low energy, low, um, effort to just say, Hey, you suck at this. You suck at this. You suck at this. What can you do with that? Really? Like that's a, that's amoeba level feedback. My head's hitting a wall. My head's hitting a wall. My head's hitting a wall. There's no sense of the object. There's no sense of like what direction you should be going. So I think there's there's also like that nuance that I think a lot of people get wrong. It's not, oh, I can be a, you know a jerk or like say things really hard. It's it's how do you sophisticatedly talk to someone in a way so that they can hear what you're saying and know that they're going to take it in the right way because you guys have that relationship. Because I think the I talk to a lot of people and I think a lot of people I just get stuck at like I get to be a dick now. <laughs> like they get too excited about it versus like trying to think how can I ensure. That I don't waste my time with my suggestions and advice that I'm giving right now. Because it's really easy to waste your time if you don't say it right. Well, and one of the things I've actually learned on that one is mm. a lot of it has to do with how do you talk to yourself? You know, the core of how do we deal with other people is how do we talk to ourselves, you know? So if someone's being a dick, well, that's probably like what they've learned and what they've conditioned and, and, and whatnot. And, and they haven't necessarily worked on that relationship with themselves. How can they talk to themselves maybe in a more loving way, in a more supportive way? Uh, in a way that actually gets them to do something, actually change their habits, right? Because the way we influence other people is really the way that we influence ourselves. You know, mm -hmm. if I want to get someone to, I don't know, if I want to get my little brother to help me out with some scanning documents or something like that, well, how would I get myself to scan some documents, you know? And that'll start at least giving a hint as to where, what direction should I be using in my communication. Um, and yeah. then the time I go with it too. So. I, I wonder to what extent, like, those techniques that you have are contributing like you said like not six nine months ago you did a lot of work but you couldn't do that work if like you're a jerk i think i think there's a level that people will tolerate you if you're just skilled but then there's a level of like you'll go beyond if you're just a nice person to be around as well so if you're if you're talented and you know good to be around like i think people want you to be around as well and so i wonder to what extent like those skills that you have are contributing to your like seeming success of all these things coming out um, because not only are you being very like straightforward in who you're talking to, but they can be straightforward with you. And I think that if you, there's only so much time in the day. So I imagine from my point, you know, just like, I'm guessing, but I imagine when you're like assessing the projects, you know, you give them that ping of, are you going to be straight with me? And if it's like, oh, this is going to be a bullshit.
type type thing. It's like, well, if I have time, maybe I'll do it, you know. But more, you're like, you're like, you. I think there's probably like some select selection going on using these skills as well that's contributing to this. That's like no, this, I, this wave that you're riding. Yeah, I would definitely agree to that in the sense of like, do I want to work with this person or not? I think that's something that's so critical and crucial, you know. That in the beginning, it was just kind of like any project that came my way, do it, right? Just get something, get the ball rolling a little bit, right? But um, I guess I'm a little bit more selective these days in terms of like, all right, yeah. well, we want to work on something like that, do we not? You know, part of me still just likes, you know what, just keep putting your reps in. And, and, and that's the way I approach it, you know. I was uh, looking at the career of Antonio Banderas, for example, you know, and I think it was like seven years before he hit his like first real like big Hollywood blockbuster type movie, you know, but he's been the thing for seven years, you know. So I'm like, all right, let me get my seven years down, and let me let me really reass- like really assess how how's this thing going, you know. I think that's the other thing. A lot of times, um, especially with people that are pursuing a dream or what, what have you, it's like uh, they eject too quickly, you know. So um, yeah. yeah, but, but a- going going back to the whole idea of like this whole personable being personable, I think um, I don't know. It, through time, it just becomes a part of you, and uh, I, I can't really assess if that if my, is is whatever is going on because of that or it's not. You know, it's just it's it's integrated into my being at this point. But it's like, yeah. Tough. Well, so. whenever we're whenever I'm out, you know, and and you let me behind stage, I will just I'll be that uh that quality tester. I'll just observe how people interact with you, and then mm-hmm. they won't think I'm watching them. And then afterwards, you're like that person's being a full of shit, and we'll. <laughs> Like uh, you know, uh, like uh, overlap our instincts on different people. What you were saying about like being that guy behind the scenes who's like whatnot. I was just the other day I was at like a, a picnic for for like hanging out with friends and whatnot, and uh, I was talking to one of my other friends, and there was this other guy who was like clearly like inebriated, like beyond a reasonable doubt, you know. And so like he would just say something like crazy or whatnot, and I would just go like, you know, like t- to my friend, you know, like. Him, you know like kill him you know i just i don't know it, it made me laugh you know i was like that one he's out you know <laughs> yeah as you were saying that it's reminded me of that i think alcohol is kind of weird in how people uh use it i think that tom holland recently came out and talked about how he used to use alcohol as like a social lubricant and now that he is no longer like it's basically like social anxiety he was suffering from but uh yeah i hear you uh the, it lowers your inhibitions and so it gives you a little different lens in how people operate there I mean, my God, the things that people would say to like when I was drinking with people in college, the things that they would say, it's like, why would you say these things? You know, oh, yeah. like the things, the things they would say about women, it's like, and they're wondering why they're chronically single. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? It's like the things you think in your, in your free time are going to influence how like women, like the people you're interested in can detect if you secretly don't like their gender, <laughs> you know, like you okay. see them like, uh, in that way, like it's just going to come across. No. And that's one thing actually in, in acting, right. It's like your thoughts come across on the screen, right? So like when you're really getting into a character, um, what you're thinking, like you might not think like, oh, but it comes across in your body language. You know, your body language gives away a lot of different things. So that couldn't be more true. You know, that's why I think working on our mindset and and, and uh, what do we really think about any, whatever it be, a specific subject area and you're working on like a research in a particular area of like a scientific discipline or whatnot, What's your take on how that whole thing works and, and your mindset to some degree is so important, but just as much in how do you interact and, and relate to other people or anything in between, you know, that, um, that's so, so important uh, to continually work on because through time, our mind is like uh, iron, it gathers dust or it gathers, gathers rust, you know, so. 
Yeah, that's uh, that. Uh, that that seems very true, and um, my experiences as well. But um, like t- tying it back to uh, like I'm gonna keep calling it the wave because it sounds cooler. But like the kind of the wave that, of all things coming out when a burst like this happens, are do more op- like I imagine more opportunities are coming your way, or is the strike really getting in the way of that level of like? It seems like if there was no strike, maybe like even more stuff would come from this. So I don't know. So personally, um, I'm non-union, so it, mm. strike doesn't affect me um, because I'm not like if I was union, non-union, it's non-union projects is independent of what's going on in, in Hollywood, you know? Um, so um, it hasn't been that it's like more or less. I will say it feels maybe that um, others that have like known me are like, oh, shoot, he's actually doing this thing. Like versus like in the past, like, oh yeah, good job. You know, like, yeah, you try that. Now it's like, uh, oh, like there's a level of like, um, he's actually making it happen, you know, um, that, that I've been greeted with to some degree or maybe some disbelief, uh, amongst like family, friends or whatnot. Like, okay, like that, that's, he wasn't just saying it. Like he, he really means it, you know? So, um, I don't know if that really changes anything but like that's how others perceive me you know but that's their perception it doesn't really matter like, like i don't know to, but uh in terms of the actual work itself i mean i've just been like doing the reps right so my, my res like my acting resume has got like 30 something credits on it in a couple of years um and this past year this summer really i've kind of uh taking a backseat on it a little bit just because I've wanted to focus on other things right now. Like, I feel like there's uh, the time to strike uh, on, on, on other areas of my life. So, which that's what I've been working on, but that doesn't mean that I'm not like all of the other stuff that I've done thus to date is, is still there, you know? So, uh, and, and, and it's going to just keep coming out, you know, like, I don't, that's the cool thing is like, I don't necessarily have to do anything and still projects will continue to come out that I've worked on in the past, which, mm-hmm. uh, is the way that it works in my experience at least today so yeah but uh, is there any other projects you're working on right now i think the we got the acting we got the mason we have the the book which has been hinted at i would yes, like an arc one's ready yeah that's a probably um i think this is probably going to be iterations over the next couple of years at least you know if i really want to get something really really solid i recognize that probably like three years is what probably two years at this point is what I'm, I'm looking at, you know, just to go through everything to some degree, at least at a cursory level, and then to start putting the story together in, in the proper order and whatnot. Um, mm. But I could be wrong. It could be sooner than that. I, I, I don't really know. Um, other projects though. I mean, those have been the big ones really recently, obviously uh, the girlfriend too. I mean, that's, I guess it's a project to some degree too, but I don't, uh, in the sense of like uh, um, working with her, right? Like teaching her what are my values, what are the things that I really uh, appreciate, care about, and so on and so forth. I, I, that's the, one of the ways that I, I see relationship is like, all right, well, I'm going to work on that too, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, a lot of it's by time, you know? Um, it's like uh, in, in any field or discipline, you know, in, in college, for example, you get a degree in something or so on and so forth. You just spend a lot of time in that whole area, right? Of like learning about it and the basics of this, the basics of that, and whatnot. Continue to refine, 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 and and whatnot. Before you know it, you, you have a, like you have something to show for, right? It's the same type of thing. It's kind of the way I approach that with relationships. So, all right, like 
we'll work on this. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. I'll, I'll share different parts of my personality. What are the things that I value? What are how do I spend my time over long periods of time? It's like okay, well, I, she'll get a real good sense of like what's important to me, what's valuable to me, and what what behaviors do I like, what behaviors don't I like? You know, and that's all part of the uh, training to to some degree. A lot of things that I learned. Like, mm-hmm. how can she be a good girlfriend for me? You know, and, yeah. and you're a good boyfriend for them. Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, and that's all part of the process too, right? Like, okay, yeah. well, I'm still like, okay, that stuff types bothers her. Why does it bother her? Then I get to know about her a little bit more. What's really going on? What's what are her? What are some of the things that really trigger her? What is things that, you know? You get all of that in the process of, of everything. So, mm-hmm. are you um, are you on? Yeah, you're on Reddit. We met on Reddit. The, yeah, that's you, right. Yeah, which is crazy. The, uh, that is, uh, so, that is like, honestly the craziest things. I like. I I can't believe that. But yeah, yeah. I just messaged randomly, and and uh, we're still talking five years later. But the uh, there's a new, there's like not new, but uh, there's a subreddit called "Am I the Asshole?" Where like where people describe scenarios and say, "Hey, am I the, I'm in the dick there?" It is like it, as someone who likes the stories of people, there's such raw humanity there. Like mm. there's some stuff there. There's like. There's people that like abandon their wife, soon to be like almost wife at the at the altar, and are now reaching back out. And now the wife's asking, "Am I the asshole for not wanting to meet with this person? Am I an asshole for wanting to meet with this person?" And then there's like, uh, then they update it as it goes too, and you get like this really kind of community conversation. Uh, there's some just some wild humanity. There. I'd recommend it. Uh, um, there's some crazy stuff there, but it's also just like, like sometimes it's sad, sometimes it's really bad. But there's always something there that I think, as someone who likes to learn about people, that's enjoying the the history of stuff and the subtext, it's really refreshing to get, like, like recently someone was uh, like one example is like once uh, someone like got a house and they're renting out to like a, a their friend's brother or something, and then their friend's brother was like, hey, can I give uh, the rent to the landlord versus you? It's like I am the landlord, and the person got pissed and started like slamming the doors and like, how dare you take advantage? Like, how much mortgage are you gonna have? you have like blah, blah blah and the guy was already getting like a third of what normal rent would be in the area so the guy was like am i an asshole for not te- not being more clear on this or something and then they, like there was an evolving conversation where like some of his friends were like kind of like socialists or whatever and mm-hmm. uh he was like some people said that i should be charging him at all and he should live with me free and everything should be egalitarian and whatnot and it's like that's an interesting conversation it shouldn't he has to pay his bills like why should he subsidize this guy's you know life and whatnot but that's um I've been basically reading them all the time with my wife and uh, it's been a lot of fun. I just, I feel like if, if you want an opportunity to see different aspects of people's value systems, I think if you were to check, go on there, sort by controversial and then just like read them and ask her opinion. It, it's wild. Like just the stuff there. It's fun. I'll definitely have to take a look at that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, uh, Yesterday I had like I read one with a, a guest on the show because I was like oh this is fun and I do it all the time so when uh-huh. I read it together see what we think and uh, uh, there's like it was it was kind of fun I don't know it's like a little wooden on my part but I I like the idea of more like a philosophical conversation on life um, but yeah I think that'd be uh, a recommendation for you as well as the book on working by Robert Caro he wrote the books on Lyndon Johnson and uh, the guy who helped build New York City um, I forget the name but of the power broker uh it's he talks about how he writes those big tomes and it seems like as you're in the middle of a giant you know opus like it would be a book that you recommend but are, are you are there any books or anything that you recommend people check out or at least me 
I'm always looking for new things to learn and read about. Yeah, I think right now, um, man, most of the reading I've been doing is just the minutes right now, honestly. So, like, that's mm. check out the minutes of the Plainfield Masonic Temple. You know? <laughs> um, no, a lot of it's uh, uh, that, that's really what I've been reading right now. I I, I really can't remember. It's just been oh, newspaper wow. from like the 1800s, the 1900s, the current day, and. and and all these types of things. Um, I don't know. I saw, um, actually, my dad was watching this movie the other day. Um, so I, I'm a film kind of guy, too. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. I love that movie. The life is crazier, though. But oh, the real life. No, he, he, he kept going back. He uh, yeah. didn't stop. He kept okay. going back. Like, he did more things. Like, apparently, it was more. Mel Gibson said, "Like if he did everything that the guy, like showed everything the guy did, no one would believe it." Really, the guy's wild. Yeah, I look into it. It's really cool. But yeah, that's a good movie. I was just blown away by that. I, I didn't watch it again with him, but he was watching. I'm like, Dad, that is an amazing movie. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna also say uh, just lots of uh, staying in touch with higher power, prayer, all, all these types of things. You know, I think it's super, super important. Which that movie shows, like. That was one of the big things. That's one of the things I actually really appreciate about Mel Gibson, controversial as he is, if you will, is like how he puts a focus. Like that's something that's about like very important to him as an individual, and it comes out through a lot of the films that he's made in some way, shape, or form. Right, even in Apocalypto, for example, where it was like, oh, okay, the gods were different, if you will, or higher power deity was different, but he still illustrated the, the, the like that theme or that concept and what it meant to him. So. I, I don't know. I love Mel Gibson films. and, and Same. So, yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Mel Gibson <laughs> does not get the love he deserves. Oh, I completely agree. He's yeah. brilliant. Well, truly brilliant in terms of like what he's put together. And, and I appreciate he's like, the kind of guy who's like, well, this is what I think, and that's, that's what I think. You know? I'm not going to kowtow mm -hmm. to anyone because you want me to think this way. It's like, well, this is what I think, you know? and uh, this is how I want it to be. You know? mm -hmm. Is there uh, anything... You're trying to learn i guess it's like might go back to the minutes as well but since it's learning with Lowell, i've been asking people is there a subject material or thing in the in this world that you're curious about or or actively trying to learn more about yeah i mean honestly it sounds like it's gonna be the mason minutes and understanding your local no, I mean, that's, that's part of it i think um always learning more about myself at the core and a lot of that is through relationships or with with people right part of it's through uh pick up and, and all that stuff and that's that's the other thing by the way like that's going just as like strong like i've been leading a few uh i've been working with a mentor for now about five years and he's like all right you're gonna start leading some of the classes now you know and that's like that's kind of cool you know um so i've been doing a little bit of that stuff. i just haven't put a lot of i guess spotlight on it because it's just so integrated into my, my daily routine now you know it's like oh yeah okay i'm doing that and but you know it's like the things are like oh yeah i brush my teeth right i'm not going to mention on a podcast that i brush my teeth yeah. right like, yeah it's so second nature that it's like oh yeah i guess i do do that but i just didn't even think to mention it right so mm -hmm. uh, yeah, which is that's really sense. interesting things right it's like uh, that i think we, especially being an interviewer someone who asks people like questions and whatnot like the people who are doing things that are really really interesting like oh yeah i'm just doing that but it's like no big deal you know what i mean like, like yeah, yeah that's what i think it's one of the things that's always kind of formulating questions around like picking up on those things or right? reading between the lines of the things that are really really intensely interesting to, to the outside observer how, how do you get at that right i think that's something that's uh which i think you do a pretty good job of but um well, i appreciate uh, it i think you'd tell me if i did a bad job which is nice too 
No, I, I really would because uh, yeah. you've, oh, you've pulled out a lot from me, you know, where I talk to that average person, whatever, right? Like maybe they're not as interested in that to begin with, but um, they don't get that. You know what I mean? So yeah, a lot of it's, it's, it's getting worse with, as I age. <laughs> yeah. My, my tolerance for small talk is getting worse, but I was at a party and a person was expressing something to me and I was just like, ah. Oh, it sounds like you don't feel good about yourself, like you feel inadequate, and that's why you've been avoiding these relationships. <laughs> it's just like, it went from like, they're all drinking and having a nice time, to like, they're all staring at that person <laughs> just to see what they say. It's like, oh shit, I can't be here anymore. <laughs> like, the, uh, I have a lot of like instincts on what the, what's going on with people, and I, I, I used to just keep it to myself, but I've been like calling it, like saying it more, which is kind of fun. But have uh-huh. you uh, been keeping up with Andrew Callahan to just talk about like the pickup artists and stuff? I haven't spoken to him any time recently. I think the last time I yeah. spoke to him was probably that interview maybe once i saw him in between but um no it's it's trouble a lot of like i'm like some of the things that you're doing some of these ideas that you have i could kind of like there's some parallels um and some of the stuff that to some degree that he did in the sense of like interviewing these kind of uh Mm. um again this was during pandemic and when i like but more uh non-mainstream types of yeah. getting mainstream types of viewpoints you know which which was that even came back from uh talk about films or or, or whatnot um or, or really interesting people uh uh fear and loathing in las vegas um I don't know, hunter s thompson you know he was this whole like i'm gonna get experiential like that gonzo journalism you know that was hunter yeah. s thompson and you could kind of see andrew callahan like adapted a little bit of that right he's like i'm gonna put myself yeah. in this thing and live it you know i'm kind of based on what you're saying i'm hearing a little bit of that maybe you're going to channel that in different ways but like i can tell that there's a little bit of uh influence if you will from 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 that homage if you will to even that era so yeah but i'm I'm a a fan of his interviews he i was asking because he he's uh he's in a bit of trouble now oh yeah no i've 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 heard i've uh yes a while ago so yeah, there's a, there's two people that I've enjoyed, like their content. I love to have them on and just talk about like the mental health aspect of what they're going through because no one ever talks about mental health. But yeah. anywho, uh, I know we're we're running over and I don't I want to respectfully your time. So Akash, uh, I want to thank you so much for coming back on six months later or more, depending on when this goes up. I I, I don't know what what date is anymore. But uh, thanks for coming on the show, sharing your life and the secrets of the Masonic Order and the hints of the National Treasure. Uh, epic that you've been going on thank you very much um i'm lastly going to mention i think uh i'm just doing this from my director right so uh there's a film that i was in it's called blood and lust that hmm. was selected for a couple film festivals i think it's supposed to be in somewhere in september so that was screened at a theater in cranford new jersey just recently and it's probably going to go up on amazon or something like that sometime soon so that's just like a little all right, I was in that project. You want to see me in a film? I played a vampire in that. There you go. Um, there was another project. Show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So another project that was selected for a film festival. One was like New York. The other one was Toronto. I don't know. I'll, I'll send you the details on the whole thing. And if you guys are interested in that, you can check it out. So that is Everyone it. watching, get interested and check it out. Tell me what you think. And if you didn't like it, we want to hear the candor version. But you should like it. Because uh, I don't know, you're, you're quite talented, in my opinion. I put like your your real thing. Oh, I remember front. that. People liked yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You're so raw. Thank you. 
Yeah. yeah. I've, got, I've got more footage um, that I'm, st- I, I don't know, I'll package it up again sometime soon and yeah. uh, put it together out of some of the newer stuff. 